Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or welcome to the show if this is your first time listening. Today, our guest is going to share a really powerful story and about her experiences with infertility and the emotional roller coaster of her experiences and how she now uses those learnings to help her clients. And in her business, our guest is an infertility relationship coach, which is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so glad that she exists to help people, help married couples who are dealing with infertility. And she helps them to wade through the disappointments that comes with this journey and really bring that marriage back to that strong foundation so that they can enjoy the process of creating a family and living a really fulfilled life. So Jamie Bendorf, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Like incredibly excited. I'm like sweating. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's just dive in. Tell us about you. Tell us about your journey. And again, I know I said this off the air, but I want to say this on there too. Like share as much or as little as you feel comfortable sharing. Um, because this is your story. So I want to kind of just hand, hand the microphone over to you and you take it away and then I'll hop in wherever necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, I am like an open book. I, my story is not something that I am shy to talk about. Um, just because it has left such a huge impact on my life. And I know it's going to, you know, kind of resonate in, in pieces with some other people. And so I'm an open book. Um, if there's ever any questions that come out of this, that you're like, wait, what like message me or, you know, like, seriously, um, I'm, I want to chat. Um, so let's, let's go back. Um, I got married very young. I got married at 20 and my husband and I had this dream before we got married that we were going to wait five years before we had kids because we wanted to travel. We wanted to, you know, live life luxury and not really focus on, you know, the stress of having a baby. Um, and shortly after we got married, one of our best friends got married right at the same time and they got pregnant. (laughs) So then the plans started to shift and change. And my husband was like, we need to have a baby. Like we need to start now. And I'm like, what happened to the plan? (laughs) Like, I thought we were on this same mindset here. And so 
I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go off birth control and we'll just let the chips fall where they may. If I, if I get blessed with a baby, then we're supposed to have one. And shortly after I got off cycle stopped coming and life just got really interesting, (laughs) honestly. Um, and it was just kind of like, what is wrong? Like, what is wrong? Like, what, what is wrong? What's wrong with my body? You know, we're created as women to have children. And if you want a child, you should be able to have a child. It shouldn't be so hard. Um, and so what we walked through, it took us four years before we had our little blessing. And in that time, um, I was diagnosed with, um, a virus that attacked my thyroid. So I was losing hair, bruising. Um, I could hardly get off the couch. Um, I got diagnosed with vitamin D deficiency, like borderline, like, I think my number was 27, hundred is low. Mine was 27. So I went on mega doses of vitamin D hair, still falling out bruises, ex- extreme exhaustion. Um, I had a physically demanding job at that point in time. I was actually a massage therapist. And so I had to give a lot during the day. Um, so by the time I came home, I just tanked, I tanked on the couch. There's, I had nothing left to give. Um, that rolled into PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's becoming more common now when I got diagnosed, I knew no one, one person, I met one person a year or two after as I, as I was diagnosed that had it. Um, and so when you're looking, you don't know anybody, you're looking all these things up and you're getting doom and gloom. I swear Google was like this big, heavy, dark cloud hanging over my head. Um, and basically telling me I'm, I'm never going to get pregnant. And if I do, I'm going to miscarry, you know, 60% chance of miscarriage with PCOS. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is, I can't handle this. Um, so we walked and we battled through that whole entire thing. And it was me. Like I knew it was me. Um, we knew he was fine. And so as a woman that just totally strips you to your core, like you don't even feel woman anymore. You're like, who am I? You know, you lose who you are. You lose your path. You lose your, like everything, everything comes to a standstill and all these emotions just like fall on you and you become angry, envious, bitter. You resent life. Like you just feel them all. And they come in waves at different times and you think you're on the right path. And then you get slammed by a brick wall again, you know, month after month of negative pregnancy test. And it just really wears on you, it really beats you down. And so when we finally were blessed with our child, our first one with, I have two now, um, when we first got pregnant with our first boy, I was terrified I was going to lose him, you know, cause this, the statistic says your probability of carrying this child is, is not there. So am I excited? I'm not excited. <laughs> you know, like you start to really question your excitement. I mean, usually when you get pregnant, you should be excited. That's an exciting journey to be a part of. And it's almost like you're, you're fearing the health of a child. Well, thankfully he was okay. And he was born. And at that point in time, you know, I won't say that our marriage was all that great, you know, like I loved him. He loved me, but were we really like a hundred percent married at that point in time? Were we hundred percent gravitating to each other? No, we weren't. Um, and I thought, okay, we have a baby that's going to fix things, you know, cause 
we finally have what we've, what we've been dreaming for, for four years. And it didn't. Um, and I just couldn't figure out why, why there was this huge disconnect. Um, and then we had baby number two and he came out of nowhere. Like we were not planning for him at all, came out of nowhere. And, you know, here's another baby. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this will help fix things. And it still didn't. And I remember somewhere in the end of that second pregnancy, I really felt like this is it. Like I'm going to raise these two babies on my own. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, and, you're fine. You're fine. And collected myself. Um, we had to make that choice. You know, like I had to figure out what was going on and why. And a lot of it comes from that doubt that infertility puts on you. And really like you question everything. You question everything you do. Um, you, your whole purpose is like, now I have these babies and my, and my purpose is now I'm a mom. And I'm so excited to be a mom. But I thought, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no need to apologize at all. If you need to take a second, you're, <laughs> this is fine. They're fine. Um, the whole point of having a baby was to create a life with my husband. And that wasn't there. And so fast forward, I have done so much healing on myself and inside of our marriage. And I will tell you, <laughs> even my husband says, we have never, never had a marriage like what we do now. Um, is it still hard? Heck yes. <laughs> you know, I still get mad at him for, you know, leaving something out that I have to walk over all the time. I still, you know, I still have those normal marriage, you know, trials and stuff that come up, but I will tell you, like walking through that whole entire journey, you can totally use it as your superpower. Like you can totally use it as your superpower. Um, because it will impact you and it will change how you think and it will, you'll react differently um, to things that come to you just because of, you have this like, this doubt, this worth, this self-worth, um, you know, am I enough thoughts that keep coming into your head because through infertility, you weren't, you didn't feel like you were enough. You didn't feel like you were worthy. You didn't feel like you were making smart decisions just because it was so much thrown at you all the time that it kind of spirals. And I will say that maybe I'm a lucky one. I don't know, but I, I let that spiral suck me down and hold me for a long time. And I eventually got to a point where I'm like, either this is where I'm going to stay and I'm going to hate life and I'm going to be miserable. And I'm going to raise these two kids on my own. Um, which is not anything I ever wanted to do. Um, I a hundred percent, my husband and I were like, we are not getting a divorce. But when we first got married, he's from a divorce household. And so he knows what it does on a kid. And he's like, if we're doing this, we're committing a hundred percent. And we kind of let life kind of ruin us a little bit. If you want to call it that kind of spirals out of control. And, you know, it took us both making that commitment and being like, you know what? we're going to battle through this. Um, 
and we came back together and our marriage is totally different now. Um, he can see things in me that I think I kept, kept hidden for a long time. And I can see things in him that, you know, when he starts to act a certain way, I can kind of like tune in and be like, okay, there's something going on right there. You know, I need to pay attention to that. Um, give him space. But at the same time, if you feel it's starting to disconnect again, you pull him back. And I, it's the same way that I run my business. Um, because there's a lot of fear, (laughs) you know, doing your own business. Um, I question, I doubt, I do all those things every single time. And I have a hard time trying to take action because is it going to be the right thing? You know, it's, is, is this the right decision? Is this the right, you know, thing to spend my money on? Or is that going to create more financial burden? You know, all those things that you can contribute to that infertility journey, your desire is you really want a baby and you will do anything. I would have done. I did. I did anything (laughs) to a point to get pregnant. Um, and I use that into my business. I want to feed into that, but at the same time, I have those same reservations but eventually at some point in time, you make a decision and you're like, am I going to stay here where I'm not happy? And, or am I going to make that choice? And am I going to push myself into something else? You know, I don't know what the other side looks like. I, I didn't know if I was ever going to get pregnant. I didn't know if I was ever going to have my own children, but at the same time, it's the same thing for your business. You have to fight every single day for yourself. And that is like the biggest thing is that fight for yourself is like so key in so many things and your marriage will shift. Um, your relationships with your friends will shift, um, you know, just different things that will just come up in your life that are just natural life things, you know, that pop up, you tackle them a little bit differently. Um, just because you have that background, you have that and you use that bathroom, you can use it as, as a as a crutch as it cripples you and you have to use that crutch to like get your way through, or you can use that background and you can fill all those cracks and you make it super, super strong. And then you can be like, that's where I was, but this is where I'm at now, you know, and you use that to shift and transition yourself into something else. And that is probably the biggest impact that infertility has done. Is it still something I battle with right now? Heck yes, I do. Um, but I, you know, I try really, really hard to make sure that I don't use it as a weakness. I use it as a strength. Um, and that's something I have to wake up every single day and make that decision. You know, it's not something that I like have mastered by any chance, but it's something you have to make a decision you have to make. So yeah, that's my story. And in a long nutshell, (laughs) thank you for sharing all of that. Thank you for being vulnerable because I know that this will help so many other people who are going through the same thing. So I just wanted to just, again, say thank you for sharing that. And I know that it wasn't easy for you, but (laughs) your impact will have ripple effects. That's for sure. But I love everything that you said, but one of the things that you mentioned about breaking down and becoming stronger in the end, it's kind of like that saying there's beauty in the breakdown because there really is. And I, I mean, I personally I don't know, maybe people exist, maybe these types of people exist, but after, um, I didn't have any infertility issues. Thank goodness. I'm very grateful for that. But after my son was born, things were very difficult on my marriage as well too. So, and for a couple of years, it wasn't until probably the past six months 
that our marriage is like you said, like it's it's great. We we are just so in sync all the time. Does he make me mad when he leaves crumbs on the counter? Absolutely. When he forgets to take out the garbage, yes, I yell because those are normal married people things. But I know exactly what you're talking about, like that that deeper connection, that deeper. I don't even know how to what words to use. It's kind of like a soul connection, right? You just jive differently. Yes, yes. It's it's completely different, and I'm so glad that you. And your husband were able to get to that point. So if anybody's listening right now who is in that messy middle part, you are listening to two people who have gone through it and have come out on the other end, just in terms of relationships, marriage, things like that. But also, I love how you said how you now approach things in life differently, too. It's almost like you can, you you view them differently. So if something were to affect you, I don't know, three years ago, one way, it that same thing can happen to you again today, but now you're almost grateful for it, right? You're almost grateful for this experience to happen to you, right? So one thing that I did want to ask, when did you start your business? So where did that kind of fit into your journey? Because I know you said you were a massage therapist before. Yeah, yeah. So um, I graduated massage school when I was 19. So about a year before I got married, um, I worked in a very well-known massage clinic Uh, for about four years and did really, really well there and decided I, I really want to be, I really want to buy in, you know, I, I love that. I love my clients. I love the clinic. I love, I was super passionate about the work. Um, and I really wanted to become more, take a bigger role on and at the location I was at, at when I first joined we were kind of thinking that one of the employers would be retiring pretty soon. And I could, you know, with hope and dream kind of fill in that position when she retired and she wasn't ready yet. Um, so I had to kind of make a choice, you know, either I stay here where I'm at, keep doing what I'm doing, which is fine. Or I could go with that passion of, you know, being my own boss, um, setting my own hours. We didn't have kids at that point in time. Um, and so I wanted a little bit more flexibility. So when the kids did come, you know, I didn't feel like I had so much pressure of, you know, you know, working underneath of somebody and having different expectations. Um, So at about that four year mark, I decided to open my own business and I left there and went and started my own business. And the whole time my husband is like, you are crazy. You're making good money. You are established. Like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I just have to take this jump. I have to take this leap. You know, I feel really pulled to do this. I found a space. It's actually going to save money to go out on my own. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. And you went out on your own as a massage therapist, right? I went out on my okay. own as a massage therapist and um, I retired from massage. It's about 16 years I massaged in. Um, and I retired at the end of 2020. So at the beginning of the year, the whole COVID thing had started Um And they shut me down. So then I was home virtual with my kids. And then by the time I went back, I just knew my body was done. Like it was just done. So when my kids were still little, I knew there is not a lifelong massage profession. Like you don't see people that are massaging 45 years and then they retire. Like it's just a very small profession. Most people retire in that 15 to 20 year mark. And I told myself in the beginning, if I could get 15 years, I would be super happy for 15 years. But I knew that the longer I continued to work, the more likely I was going to push myself into surgery 
And I was going to completely a hundred percent phase myself out of massage because I was going to have some type of condition that wouldn't allow me to do it anymore. So I knew about seven years in, I needed to go back to school, but what am I going to go back to school for? You know, massage was a hundred percent. I knew I wanted to be a massage therapist when I was a freshman in high school. Like this was exactly what I wanted to do, but what, you know, what, who did Jamie want to be when she grew up? You know, like I was doing what I wanted to do. So now who am I going to be? Um, and so I had to really kind of think that through. Um, and I had a whole bunch of clients and stuff that were coming in that they're like, how do you know this stuff? You know, like you just can, we can ask you any question and you just know the answer to it. Like, how do you know this stuff? Well, in when you're in that massage field, you kind of are in that like alternative thinking, that alternative mindset of, you know, well, how can I fix this without surgery? And And what can you take that, you know, helps strengthen your body or, you know, you kind of are in that like alternative kind of mindset. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm really good at that. I don't even know how, but I am because I'm in massage. So somewhere along the way, I picked this stuff up. And so I went back to school and I got a natural health consulting diploma. I did that while my kids were babes. Like my oldest one was three. My youngest one, I think was a year. And I lived, eat, and breathed over work in a computer. I felt like the worst mom in the entire world. Um, but I knew I had to do it. And so in that space, I had to figure out what am I going to do with this? You know, what am I, what am I going to do? Um, and infertility is such a huge heart of mine. It's a big, huge battle wound that, you know, I so-called succeeded in because I have two children. Um, and so I went into, I started researching and I found a fertility school. So I went through a fertility school. Um, I've done some toxin uh, training and education on top of that. And so now I've kind of branded myself into the infertility space. And I worked with couples um, with food and with toxins and with relationships. Those are my three key principles that I worked with. With Sorry. Um, and in that moment, like, I can't guarantee a baby. I'm not God. I can't guarantee a baby. Um, and so I had so many couples that came through and they're like, our relationship is totally different from when we started with you. And I really felt like that's where I'm supposed to be. Like, I felt like there was something missing the whole time I'm working with these clients and I'm like, that's it. So when I transitioned out of my brick and mortar massage business, and I was doing a limited fertility coaching on the side, I kind of fit them in where I could with my schedule. Um, and when I came home, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to dive deeper into this relationship side. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of weird how it all came about. It was nothing I ever thought I would ever do, but I, I love it. I I'm passionate about it because I feel like the relationship side is such a huge piece that gets missed when you're going through infertility. Um, it's so focused on when you are going through with doctors. Well, first off, you have to wait a whole year before doctors even going to see you. So you have to be like a year out of no baby before they'll even tackle anything with you, unless you have something massively major that's going on. And so you have a whole year of lost of no help, no support. And then once you get in with them and they start working on you, it's test, scan, test, scan, test, scan, test. I mean, like there's so many things and they don't care 
about your financial budget. They don't ask you. And most insurance, no. I was going to say, are most insurance, do they cover that or no? Most do not. So it's a hundred percent out of pocket. And, you know, like one ultrasound can be $300, you know, and that's not even really, that's paying for the ultrasound. (laughs) So, you know, it can get really expensive Mm -hmm. and they're not going to stop until they get you pregnant. So they don't care whether you do, you know, 10 IVF treatments or five IUIs or what, how much medication they'll give you. Most of the time Clomid, you know, that's an infertility med. Most insurance companies don't pay for that. Um, you know, so it's just kind of, it's hard. It's hard to know when to stop because let me tell you, your marriage is going to feel it way before they ever say, okay, we need, we've exhausted all options. Um, and so that balance of, you have to be really, really stuck and really strong inside of your marriage to get through the financial burden for one of infertility. And you haven't even tackled the emotional side, the physical side of it, because it's can get downright painful (laughs) if you're doing shots and you're doing shots multiple times a day, they're pumping you up with all these hormones. And so you, your body feels not like your own. You know, oh, I'm sure, like and I'm sure mind, your emotions are all out of right. Too. Yeah. You know, like your mind Maybe. is saying like, what is even going on with you, but your body is doing something completely different. And so you have to have that strength in that relationship to get through. And most, most relationships do start out really, really strong, but there's no end point. It's not like you're like, okay, we have a year. And then we're going to have a baby. So we can do anything in a year. You know, we can get through a year. We'll be fine. But you don't know whether you're going to have a baby in a year. You know, it might be 10 years and you're still trying. Well, 10 years of going through a marriage of tons of financial burden, tons of physical burden, emotional burden, it's going to weigh on you and it's going to weigh on your husband. And then that's going to create a divide and it's going to split. Um, I mean... I hate talking numbers because, you know, I know what it did to me, but I mean, most couples that go through infertility, there is a high chance of divorce. And I look at myself and I look at how much finances I spent to get a baby to have with this man that I married, that I loved, that everything about him made me a better person. And I fought hard to get this baby. And now we have a baby and what I'm going to take another $15,000, $20,000 and throw it through a divorce. And for the next 18 years, I'm going to battle custody. I'm going to fight for holidays. I'm going to fight for, you know, summers. And, you know, it's like, why would we do that to ourselves? We already feel broken. And then we're going to throw that on top of it, which is not going to help us either. And every situation is different, you know, so I can't say that you know, maybe some marriages do deserve to be in a divorce because you're just both toxic people and you're not ever going to be happy no matter how long you stay, but you have to make that choice and you have to make that choice early. Well, divorce rates are already at 50%, if not even higher at this point, and that's right. without infertility. And right. then you add that struggle on top of it. I can't even imagine. Just Right. 
So it's all about, yes. And it's all about working together. You know, that's, that's the one thing that is a perk of being married is you are half of a hundred percent, you know, your husband doesn't have any more say than what you have. You have a say together and that's what makes it a hundred percent. And at some point in time, you might have to make the deciding decision, but you better had those talks, you know, that I want to know exactly what he's thinking, what he's feeling, why he's feeling that. And I'm going to make sure that he knows exactly where I'm at too. And, you know, going through infertility, if, if you are like, I was the one who was the big pusher, like, I don't care. Give me something. Give me a test. Give me a, you know, a pill. Give me like, whatever. I will take whatever to get me pregnant. Um, and I didn't necessarily listen to him. You know, I, he's saying what, you know, like I've lost my wife. She's gone crazy. Like she's hopped up on hormones and she's making financial decisions and she's not even talking to me anymore. And so, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where you have to really stop and pull back and really set the plan for the both of you and be like, what is the best choice? Like, what is a hard stop? Like when we get to this point, it's a hard stop and it's not maybe a stop forever, but it's a hard stop for right now. And we got to pull ourselves back together and we got to fix some stuff and heal some wounds and throw some stuff in there and get this foundation strong again. And then at that point in time, we'll renegotiate, you know, that's really like, that's what every single marriage, regardless of infertility needs to be, is it's like, you're gonna, you're gonna have some stuff that's going to come up. It's going to be hard you know, but I also see that infertility. I learned a lot about my marriage and about who I was real early. And I'm like, I'm glad we got that stuff out of the way. Right. <laughs> like, we just check that off the list. <laughs> Cause it's like, I actually, you know, I mean, I'm mid thirties, he's low forties and we still have a lot of life to live and a lot of hardships that still have yet to come up. But we still have a lot of life to live. And I'm so grateful that we had that hard season early on that I feel like really breaks a lot of people. Um, and you know, there, there is hope, you know, you don't have to let it break you. It's a choice. You're you're living proof. You're standing in your stronger because of it. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I'm glad that we, you know, I I hate that we had to go through it. It's something that nobody ever wants to go through. Um, I actually was a support group infertility support group leader for a while. And the CEO of the company that I was repping with, she called it the infertility sorority. It was, it was the, it was the sorority that no one wanted to join. (laughs) But once you were there, like you found your people, like you a hundred percent, like you could connect, you could make such good relationships and friendships out of that group, but you like hoped no one would join you. You're like, please do not join this sorority because it's not a good one to join. But then once you find out people are, you know, going through fertility, you're like, please come join us because you're not going to survive it without, you know? Um, and that's kind of another little piece that I want to bring to Um, just because it's like that community, you know, like I've been there, I know, (laughs) you know, it's, I don't know if I'll ever forget. I don't know if I'll ever forget that pain and that suffering that I went through. Um, and I don't know if I ever want to, because it made me who I am that I am now and I'm thankful for it. But at the same time, it's like, man, (laughs) 
you want to talk about like drug burns and feeling like drug behind a bus. I mean, like I've got the battle scars, you know, to show that no matter what you can get through, mm-hmm. no matter Absolutely. what you can survive. One of my questions for you is actually going to be, if somebody was going through infertility right now, where should they even start? And it sounds like this support group would be a great place. I'm assuming these are free. They're not paid. Yes. Yes. Um, yep. I have a free community. I am. Um, I kind of, I kind of went back and forth on it because, uh, you know, Facebook has an amazing community, um, for the group side that you can utilize and, and roll out of. But the one thing that I, I see a lot in the infertility space is Facebook can almost become toxic when you're going through infertility because it has an algorithm and that algorithm, um, it feeds off of what you're doing. So if you are searching infertility, you're finding infertility groups, you are, you know, anything to do with having a baby, you will see more baby announcements. You will have more pregnancy ads. You will have more baby ads that pop up and all of that stuff. After a while, it starts to spiral you, you know, because it's almost like feeding into where you are. Now, granted, I can talk about, you know, Converse shoes and I can go on Facebook and all of a sudden I'll have an ad for Converse shoes that pop up and it's like, what, you know, who's listening to me? Stop listening to me. Um, And I kind of feel like Facebook, (laughs) yes, I feel like that's what it is. And so I really struggled with, I wanted to create a community that, that those people could go to that doesn't have an algorithm that doesn't spiral. Um, They can pop in, they can pop out. And, you know, it's, it's brand new. I'm literally just starting it. Um, and I'm really excited about it too. And it's just, it, it's, it's what I call like, it's a safe space, you know, because there's only going to be people there that, that are going through what you're going through and there's no ads, <laughs> there's no nothing, you know, it's just conversation and community and yeah. So it's a free one. Um, and you're welcome to join or welcome to stay where you're at. As long as you're being served, that's the biggest thing. I don't care whether, whatever you do, as long as you are being served, if you're not being served, then come try, come check it out. You know, I mean, that's, I'm pretty sure with you, with a business owner, you know what it's like, you want oh. to help people, Yeah. you know, that's, that's why, why you and I do what we do. Cause we want to help people. That's the whole point of this podcast for no other reason, but to help other people. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to help somebody who doesn't need help. What fun is that? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There are plenty of other places they can go hang out. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, that, I love that you have that community. I love that you have that supportive group of people who can connect, who are going through the same thing because you're right. Facebook can be so toxic. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen people post things just in my personal world about miscarriages that they've had. And then the nasty comments that people put up on there and, oh, it's just awful. And I, that's a whole other conversation that we don't need to (laughs) dive into, but you understand what I'm saying, but it's great that you do have that place for people to connect. So what is, can you share that community, the name of the community where people can find that, where they can find you, if they want to learn more. Um, So Actually, right now it's closed just because I'm doing final touches on it. 
Um, but it will be opening probably by the time that this podcast airs, it will be open. So I ask you to jump on Instagram. Um, and I will have links and everything on my profile and it will give you, it'll take you right to the page to opt in. Um, but my community is actually on telegram. So I'm really, really excited. I, um, I found a gal that's really business savvy on telegram and I'm just blown away by what that, that platform offers. Um, and I'm super excited about it. So, yeah. Oh, that makes you want to dive into it. I use it yeah. with one business thing that I do, but I've never really dove into that for a community. So that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, what I'll put the link to the show notes to your social media pages and all that, but what is the link to your, or what's your Instagram handle for people to easily find? It's just at Jamie Bendor. So Perfect. it's just literally my name. Perfect. Easy, easy enough. Well, thank you again, Jamie, for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yes. Thank you for sharing your story. And like I said before, I know that there are people who are listening to this or who will listen to this in the future who will be positively impacted by you, by you sharing your story. So even though you did go through that struggle, it's now beautiful how you're helping so many other women who are going through that same process right now. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me on here. I'm truly blessed and honored and I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.